0: Hi, I'm Sarah Brown, and you're listening to ADHD 365. This episode is brought to you by Recoup. Recoup provides an
1: all-natural supplement that gives you a smarter slant on health and may reduce side effects in sick days. Take 25% off their wellness lines with code CHAD, C-H-A-D-D.
0: Today, we're here with Brandy Walker. Hi, Brandy. Hi, sir. How are you today? I'm good. Can you give us a little, uh, a little bit about yourself? Sure.
1: So I am a Howard University graduate. Um, I am a Ph.D. in clinical psychology. I'm also an Army psychologist, so I work with soldiers on a regular basis, but I'm also interested in our pediatric population. do a lot of work around ADHD and sleep. I probably should let you all know that uh, my views are not representative of the United States Army or the U.S. government or the Department of Defense. They are my
0: views and my opinion. Okay. Chad is thinking about is diagnosis and barriers to diagnosis and treatment for different communities. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes. One of the things that we... um, that we're focusing on is what we will call health disparities and that those are barriers to diagnosis or barriers with assessment or treatment and they're based around different factors such as not be it not being able to have access to care, or access to opportunities for care, or access to resources. And a lot of those barriers are because of socioeconomic status, they may be because of demographic differences such as race or ethnicity, um, maybe age or disability status. There's um, several reasons that kind of contribute to health disparities and why they continue to exist. Are they more prevalent in one community than another? Oftentimes, we see a lot of disparities for the African-American population, the Latino-American population. It also shows up with different um, populations, people with various immigrant statuses. So it it happens quite frequently.
0: So is it access to care or is it not getting the information that they need to go for a referral, like they don't understand that maybe this is ADHD happening? So it's both. Okay. There's challenges
1: with systems in terms of maybe school systems, maybe programming, maybe communities, access to those resources um, that would alternatively provide the care, uh, so not being able to get a diagnosis, for instance, for African-American. Some African-American kids will get a diagnosis two years um, later than their counterparts, which means that they're academically behind. They may have a learning disability going on as well. A lot of times with ADHD, there's also comorbid anxiety or depression. So it's having all of those challenges that you typically wouldn't have if you weren't demographically differentiated in terms of resources and support. Where is the gap? A lot of times it can happen in a classroom when um, a student might be misbehaving or have symptoms of ADHD and it's just considered misbehavior. Um, Depending on the route that's taken. So if if a teacher, first of all, if it's a classroom where it's like 29 kids and one teacher, then there's a strong possibility that child might get missed, versus a classroom where there's a teacher maybe a teacher's assistant. Um, so even at the school level, there could be um, disparities in the consistency of care or the access to to even being assessed or diagnosed properly. It shows up in a medical system when. Um, a child with ADHD may be just seeing a general practitioner, someone who who just generally provides basic care to the to families, but rather than getting a support from being evaluated by a specialist, so specialists may be able to to get more insight. If if it's ADHD, it might just be sleep deprivation. Uh, the ability to comprehensively assess children is probably. One of the number one reasons why you may have either the diagnosis uh, comes late or the diagnosis isn't assigned at all, or you're diagnosing something that's not ADHD, but something else. And the other issue is being able to get the treatment when there is a diagnosis present or the idea that maybe
0: a a diagnosis is, uh, is existing. So it seems like maybe they need more training for teachers talk to parents and then parents need the education and also the pediatricians so all three have a gap yes and that that gap
1: is what we would consider in some cases or a lot of cases when it continuously happens for like populations that are underserved um or historically underrepresented Those are the ones that where you kind of start seeing that difference in care. And when you see the difference in care, you start seeing a difference in school and academic achievement. You see the difference um, with adults in their productivity. You see the difference in stability. And the other component of health disparities is the increase for health problems that people would not actually be susceptible to. So there are preventable medical conditions or medical problems that would otherwise be prevented if the person would have had
0: proper access to care. So can you give me an example?
1: A child who grows up in a a neighborhood where they're a lower socioeconomic status, there's no healthy grocery stores. So you won't have a Whole Foods, but you'll have like a Seven Eleven convenience store. You have several fast food restaurants um, instead of places that sell fresh fruit. So that child is already at risk for cardiovascular diseases, um, obesity, Mm -hmm. and maybe even asthma, depending on the quality of the air. So there's all these different things that could potentially be preventable if. The child has access to care, or community resources, or if those resources are better in quality in terms of what they
0: can provide.
1: So let's go sense? back
0: to this child that's not diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, what long term? So health is one long long term issue, but if they're diagnosed two years later than other children, then what other kind of impacts do you see? So there's issues with um, academic achievement.
1: Children with ADHD, diagnosed or undiagnosed, the rate of high school dropout is 35%. So you take one of those large high schools, we're talking classrooms full of students that are dropping out because they have ADHD and can't manage their uh, condition. The difference in academic uh, achievement it continues, that gap continues to widen. So a child who has the diagnosis um, and say most kids get diagnosed at age seven, but African-American child may not get their diagnosis until nine. So that is two years loss of academic achievement or they may be minimally achieving when they could have been achieving well beyond what they actually are getting because of the diagnosis. That same child, as they're moving along to the next grade and next grade, they're just kind of falling behind, falling behind. And the ability to get them where they're supposed to be is uh, such a larger challenge had they been receiving the care all along. And so those are the students who probably are at a greater risk for dropping out of school or disconnecting, low self-esteem. Right. The That's other impact. what I was
0: thinking of, the low self-esteem. If you're two years behind and getting diagnosed and two years yes. and you're hearing all that negative because you're not doing what you you know you're not yes. learning you're not what's wrong with you yes and in, in that kind of negative way instead of okay let's let's this is an issue we need to treat it so the impact on a the family there
1: is a you can imagine that there's a discord or distress in the family um, like we said the self-esteem is an issue we know ADHD already is comorbid with anxiety and depression. So 50%, even higher, 50 to 70% of children who have ADHD also have anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. And the numbers are kind of similar when it comes to depression, too. So a child who is dealing with undiagnosed ADHD... Also, is still dealing with anxiety or depression, whether or not it's diagnosed or not, right. um, or the likelihood the sleep is uh, impacted. That happens to fifty to seventy percent of kids with a diagnosis diagnosis as well, and we talk about this person. Um, just getting older, still having these same problems. Now we have a person who's an adult, but having all of these challenges and still, you know, difficulty maintaining a job or being productive um, or efficient at your job. Still, there's challenges for organization skills, memory, um, all of the key Uh, symptoms of ADHD still show up for an adult. But as an adult, you're now much more responsible, well, you're supposed to be more responsible for all these other things. So it gets, um, it becomes a a problem in terms of economically, there's a
0: cost, Mm -hmm. a cost for that loss of productivity. Now they're finding that adults have not been diagnosed. So what is the disparity there? You know, so here are the adults that didn't get diagnosed as children. Yes. Then and if they're not even knowing that this is an issue, yes, then what do we do? The impact is huge because relationships are impacted.
1: A person's quality of life is changed significantly. And again, with the health disparity aspect, the risk for preventable medical conditions or health problems is higher. Um, socioeconomic status, even like stability, maintaining a home. Just being able to get like transportation to right. and from work, like all of those things that we kind of take for granted, become major challenges for this person to navigate on a regular basis. Sounds overwhelming. What can we do? What what do we need to do? So, one of the number one things um, is awareness. It's just understanding that when you see something and it doesn't look right, if you're seeing behaviors in a child, not so much situational, like something happened and they're reacting, but more uh, chronic and over time, then being okay and willing to at least get information. So what I appreciate about Chad is the website is absolutely resourceful. The opportunity to get information and take that information to the next step. So If you think your child has the diagnosis, not being afraid to ask the doctor or ask the teacher what they're seeing, Um, collaborating with teachers, collaborating with the doctor and being okay with having conversations. If If the adult is having issues, not being afraid to talk to the doctor and say, hey, this is what's happening for me. Do you think that maybe I have anxiety or what if I have ADHD? Because- on the other side of that coin, once you have a diagnosis or you have more information about what's going on, then you have access to resources. And the resources are excellent at allowing a person to be productive, allowing them to
0: improve their quality of life. You control your life instead of it controlling you. The Absolutely. Disability. Any kind of other tips that you might want to, want to give this before we end today?
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, the issue with health disparities is very real. We see it um, all the time and just understanding, and awareness that it, it does happen and that there is something that every person can do. Practitioner, teachers, everybody can be involved. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: This episode was brought to you by Recoup. Recoup provides an all
1: natural supplement system that gives you a smarter slant on health and may reduce side effects and sick days made with natural ingredients that are vegetarian and gluten-free. You can learn more at GetRecoup.com. Recoup is offering a 25% discount on their natural wellness lines with code CHAD. Find out more at GetRecoup.com. And remember, always consult with your doctor
0: before taking any supplements. Thank you for listening to another episode of ADHD 365. Stay up to date on the latest ADHD information by connecting to Chad's social media page at chad.org/social.